Welcome to Kingdom Life Embassy. We're so glad you chose to tune in to another power-packed message by Dr. Maxwell Holland. If you are enjoying these podcasts, then connect with him on Facebook at Maxwell Holland. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for your sons and daughters. Thank you for the grace this morning to do what you've called us to do. Bless and anoint the service. Anoint these lips of clay. Thank you for your grace flowing upon our lives in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. I want to preach to you this morning on right plan, right people, and right place. I don't have much time. If you can put up the cross for me. This is part of what I taught on yesterday. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 and 11. I want you to think about that, that when God's going to process your life, He's going to process you through his plan. Go back to this picture if you can, guys. And come back to that. When God's going to process your life, he's going to take you, number one, through his plan, through the people that you're connected to, and then finally through the place that he has for you. I want you to think about that. Think about that. When he deals with you, Tibbs, you are so anointed, you, there's an inheritance with your name on it, and it is found in the place. Watch now. There is a place. God made places before he made people. So, when he wants to bless you, really bless you, he puts you in the place. There is a place where your gift manifests, where your life manifests, and if you're sitting somewhere else in another place, you will struggle. So you'll find the prodigal son, is that's the father's house. He doesn't go with the plan of the father. He doesn't hang out with the people of the house. He runs straight from the house to a place. And any time you do that, every time you go, as you're processing your life through the cross, speaking to business people and anybody that's involved with, you know that you're called to greatness. Our first run is from there, I know God's got a plan, but I run to the place. So I don't really, really know who I am, and I don't really, really know what God's real plan is, but I just know I want to have money. That was me. And so you don't allow... God to move you through the process. He doesn't take you through the cross. Watch now. When Jesus comes out of the temptation, and or during the temptation, one of them was, if you worship me, I'll give you what you're looking for. The enemy can give you stuff, man. That's got nothing to do with the kingdom of God that is excluding the plan of God because he wants to move you to the place. Jesus says, no, I've got to go through the cross to get to the place. So you must know that God will process you. God's going to do things through your life and mine, through his plan. He's going to run you through his processes to finally get you to the place of where you can handle the inheritance and the place that he has for you. 
And anytime you exclude yourself from the processes of God, you end up in a mess. You end up sleeping with the pigs because you can't handle what God has got for your life. The father gave him his inheritance. So the story is told so that we can understand that if you want it so badly, you can get it. But at the end of your life, you end up sleeping with the pigs. Your life has no purpose. Your life has no meaning. You got all the stuff. You got, it looks good on social media, but inside it's empty. You don't want to get the stuff outside of God. For in Him, we live and move and have our being. Now, you know that God has got a plan. There's something that God is working in the earth. And God is building your life and mine through a vision that He gives you and a house and a people that He plants you and He connects you with. Now, go with me to the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. For we are God's fellow workers. You are in partnership with God. God's working and we're working with God. Somebody say amen. We, God's got a plan. We'll come back to the scripture. Give me Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 14. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. God's not messing around. The church of the living God is in the most awesome season of its life. Have you seen that? You go to the churches that even burn down. You got like DCC in Durban, Durban Christian Center. They put back this dome and they put back this glorious edifice that is amazing for the kingdom of God. Because the church of the living God is alive. Somebody say amen. We are living. God is doing a tremendous work through God's people. The church is glorious. You go, you find in Joburg, the new edifice, there's 6,000 seats. I spoke to another pastor, Pastor Chooks. He's busy building an 8,000 edifice, all in Johannesburg. Then there's Pretoria. Then there's Bloemfontein. And God is working a mighty work wherever we go. In Cape Town, whatever God is doing through the business people and through the church, the church is alive and you better this morning by clapping your hands and giving a good shout and a praise unto the Lord this morning. Come on somebody you got to give some energy. You got to bring some glory to God. Come on. God is, the glory of God is filling the earth. God is touching people's lives. It's happening in India. It's happening across the globe. It's happening in Dubai. The church of the living God is alive. The gifts are coming alive. The business people are coming alive. The marriages are coming alive. My wife is preaching fire. God is doing an amazing work in your life in mind. I need this church to shout and say yes. Come on, come alive this morning. Just come alive this morning with the Lord. Because if God is doing a work, if God's going to build a building, He's going to build it through His people. For the earth, go back to Corinthians please. First Corinthians chapter 9. 3 verse 9. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. You are God's building. If God wants an edifice, He wants an actual building to go up, He's going to do it by first building you. You are God's building. Glory be to Jesus. So two plans that the enemy has sown is that the two lies that the enemy has sown to the soul to this generation, number one is that God Things are just happening. No, no, no. God has got a clear purpose and a clear plan. The glory of the Lord will fill the earth. He's not kidding. It's going to happen with or without you. Now, when he said that, 
part of that is He put you in the plan. He's got a plan for your life. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. In the Amplified Version, please. For I know the thoughts that I think. For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil. To give you hope in your final outcome. That means you don't die with an emptiness. You don't die full of your gifts, full of yourself. You give yourself away. You give of your life away. You sow it into the kingdom. You let your life count for something. Because God says, I have thoughts. When I sent you to the earth, I sent you with my thoughts. I, I had a plan. I had a purpose. I, had, I have gifts. So that's how I process you. I don't just send you to go and make money. What kind of lifestyle is that? You're more than just paying bills every single month. You're more than just having to pay debt and find out, you know, who's going to give me more money? Oh, I need another loan. Oh, I need to go and pay off bills. Oh, now I need to, now I'm getting calls from Edgar's. No, is Edgar still open? And then I need to, and you got all of these things that you still keep doing because you're chasing after things. You're more than paying bills every month. You more than, don't prostitute your life like that. Prostitute your gift. Go and just live the way you want to live. There is a purpose and it's found in the plan of God. There are thoughts that will lead you to a place of blessing and increase for God. Somebody shout amen in this church. We understand that because of God's plan in your life. Glory be to Jesus. There is a plan and a thought for your life. So God, number one, when he deals with you, he says, I, I, I acknowledge God. God moves you from there and he begins to deal with you. He begins to deal with you. He begins to deal with your character. He begins to shape you. He starts off by putting you in a connect group. What's God doing? First Kings chapter 6 and verse 7. What's God after? Remember that God is building something. Remember that God's got a plan this morning. Remember that God wants to move in your life this morning. God wants to use you for His glory. Give me, give me verse 1. Let's go to verse 1. Let me put it in context of where we're at. Solomon is, is busy building a temple for the Lord. So he's showing you Old Testament, but it's actually, it's, it's, it's helping you, giving you revelation in the, New, in the New Testament. It came to pass in the fourth and hundredth year after the children of Israel had come out of the land of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, in the month of Siv, which is the second month, he began to build the house of the Lord. So his father, David, puts monies aside and God says, because there's blood on your hands, you can't build me this temple. But your son will build it. So Solomon, when he gets into it, he begins to reign. He now begins to gather everything that he needs and he starts to build. And he says, the house which for King Solomon built for the Lord, its length was so, so long. Verse 3. The vestibule in front of the sanctuary of the house was 20 cubits. We got that. Verse 4. And he made for the house windows. Verse 5. Against the wall of the temple and so forth. Verse 6. This is the verse I wanted to He's starting to lay out the measurements. Here's a scripture I want you to focus on. Verse 7. And the temple, when it was being built, was built with stone finished at the quarry, so that no hammer or chisel or any iron tool was heard in the temple while it was being built. So he says, here's the building and here's the measurements. 
Now go and cut out at the quarry away from the temple. Take a stone and here's the measurements. And when it's done, all the chiseling taking place over there, when it's done, bring it so that there's no noise in the temple. And let it fit in on the building. Do you understand that God has to chisel every one of us to fit in on his building plan? Do you understand that we all come into the church with issues and some with more tissues? But God is busy shaping the church and every single one of us are forming part of this building and I know you don't like to get along with people. And you don't like that one. And you don't like that one. But they don't like you too. It's because you need to be chiseled and I must be chiseled. Come on somebody. You need to understand that there are, everybody's got issues, man. Everybody's got their lifestyles, their problems. And for you, you say, no, 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 no. I don't want God to deal with me in any way. I'll just hang by myself. I don't want to connect with anybody. The first one is when God is dealing with the plan of your life, it's for you. Your uniqueness, your gifting, your purpose, your plan, God's speaking to you. But the next level is that he moves you. Put up the cross again, please. The next level is God to connect you with people. Oh, I just want to tell you that I'm called and I, and I, I, see, I see huge stages. I see the place. I see, I see the, I'm, I'm, I'm singing in front of this audience. And I see, I see, I see all the stadiums are full. And I see I'm a multimillionaire. What's God going to do with you? He doesn't move you from there to the place. He first deals with you. And that issues that you're dealing with, that chip on the both shoulders that must be taken off and begin to realize that your anointing is not enough. There are other people right next door to you that are just as anointed as you. In fact, nudge your neighbor and say, you need me and I need you. Let them know this morning. Say, I know you're great, but God has got an anointing on my life that if you understand what we need to be doing, you need to know you're only seeing one part of this thing. And that's the reason why you think that all, you know, all women are, are just like, you know, I, I, let's just have all the men around the table. You must be kidding me. And then you miss out on a preaching like this this morning. Oh no, it's not just, it's not just women. It's Indian women. What are you going to do in heaven, man? I'm telling you, some of the, the biggest blessings I received was from Indian women in this church. You have to deal with your issue. You've got to deal with the fact that you have a problem with the person next to you. And you need to understand that God needs to deal with that prejudice. God is going to deal with that, with that insecurity. God's going to deal with, no, I don't want to connect with anybody. You're going to have to fit into God's building somewhere. God's got a plan for your life. Otherwise, you're just a little brick by yourself somewhere that's got no impact because nobody can vouch for what you're saying. Because for every spiritual claim of the place, 
There must be an earthly reference. Somebody must promote you. So you serve nobody. You don't get involved in the church. You don't get involved in the worship team. You don't get involved in a connect group. You don't want to serve. I'm just by myself. And how are you going to grow? And who's going to vouch for you? And who's going to say, this person is actually anointed. This person is, you know, there's a woman that came into service yesterday. Yesterday. They've come from another church. And I think about them, the presence of God. Oh my God. Now you want to know who it is. I'm not going to tell you. She sits around the table and she's, she's taking notes. And, and you know, we, we have this conversation. Everybody is, and then we get into the foyer. And we're meeting with all these multimillionaires. All of them functioning, you know, passing business ideas and the minds and the It was just phenomenal. It was so many gifts. But the one is saying, I can't move forward because I'm waiting for this licensing to come through. The other one is like, I said, no, bring, bring this person, connect here. Make sure that this thing comes together like this. Have this meeting. And that person's going here and and and. I said, no, bring me to that meeting. I want to be a part of this thing. And we're creating a kingdom network of, of business people that's shifting money left, right, and center. No one person in this church will be broke. Not one person in this church. If you, you, you only be broke because you want to be broke, but not in this church. You are a kingdom life embassy, and there is a connection with everybody in this house. There are multimillionaires in this house, and they're going to flow like God said it I kept on prophesying God says 10 million so the Lord said to me so when are you going to start when are you going to start connecting the people together I heard the plan and I heard the prophecy this is the year of the opening why are you not building them together the people need to come together and you must it's very humbling when you look at somebody that, you know, I'm the one that's got the mic over here. And that person looks at you and they say, like, these are two minds. I need to be functioning. I need this, and, 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 and. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you need transport, I have the logistics company. These are my trucks. I'm like, what? The stuff that happened around the table yesterday. It was to gather the people together and get them to connect. Because the truth is that when God deals with you, he only gives you a portion of the, pro uh, the answer. The problem is there. But the person right next door to you, she looks so insignificant. But that woman next to you is anointed. Amen. Amen. Then Pastor Z takes the mic and she says, well, let me deal with you concerning spiritual stuff and how to fight in the... And she starts to give the testimony of her prayers and her confession and the command of things that's happening. And the people came after and like, uh, Pastor Z, can you please pray for me? Because in the spiritual realm, you, 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 you borrow rank. You go. That's why you have a king and a priest coming together because you borrow rank. There's things that are standing still on the ground is because you're not connected to the priest in the house because God's way is bringing people together to get results for the kingdom of God. It was just awesome. It was just awesome. So when you're dealing with that, you fit into God's building. So God is, is, is fixing you by, I get that God is shaping you in His plan. He's shaping you. But eventually you have to form part of His building. Part of His building. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the Word, that you may grow thereby. You must become serious about your destiny now. There is a plan 
There is a people and there is a place for you. Stop letting the enemy use you. Stop letting the world use you except God. Come to the end of your life with emptiness and nothingness. The way of the master is through the cross. You can't change that. I can't change that. I want, you know, I mean, I'm saying to God, I say the church is amazing. It's the most awesome thing. If it wasn't for the people. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But if God's going to do anything, he's going to do it through people. We've got to get along. We've got to touch and agree. Unity is spelled you and I tie. We've got to agree. We've got to agree. Listen, man, your gift is and you anointed. But so am I. Look, I'm humble enough. Tell you, I'm humble enough to tell you, I need you. But I'm bold enough to tell you, you need me. Say, I'm also anointed. Say, I'm gifted. Hallelujah. That's the church of the living God. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, is the Lord good to you? Then you must grow. Then you must grow. Coming to Him as a living stone. That means I fit in somewhere in God's plan. I fit, my life fits in somewhere. My business, my gift, my experience, all that I've been through, there is something about my life that fits into the plan of God. Rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You are chosen by God. You are not even here by accident. You are chosen to walk through these doors this morning. Listen, it is wrong for any single leader to try and coax people to come to a church. I can't force you to follow me. Like, I can't force you to change. Like, I can't force you to love. You can't force people on this Valentine's... Why are you begging for people's love? This week you go here to the, to, to the Wedge Rose, Flores, Tasman's got it right outside, and you say, to Bev, from Bev. Buy it, 2,000 hands worth of flowers, and then take a selfie. No, some of you wanting men to love you, you don't even love you. You can't be with you, but you want a man to be with you. Now you're inviting me into your miserable space. No, you need to love you. Well, you know, Lord, I need a man. Who wants to marry a woman that needs? No, this is not a 50-50 thing, man. This is relationships. Can I speak? I'm supposed to bring my 100% to this thing. Oh, pastor, marriage is 50-50. No, divorce is 50-50. Marriage is 100-100. You bring all of you to this marriage. You bring your gift. You bring your prayer. You let... uh, How can two walk together unless they are agreed? You better pray different. You better get up and go to church. If I must go to church, well, just say a prayer for me. What must I say a prayer? Get up from your lazy backside and get off your donkey and let us get to church and Hold something for the kingdom of God. You cannot allow people. Come on, don't make me preach this morning. That you need to understand. There's two of us in this thing. It takes two, baby. It takes two. Can we at least touch and agree? You can't live your drunk life. Bring your drunk backside into the house. And I must go to church with the children in the morning. What lifestyle is that? Who wants to live like that? 
Oh, it's the month of love. This is love, baby. After 36 years, I'm going to have to get up again and go to church again Sunday morning. This lazy stuff. And I'm telling you, the men, you need to understand, you need to bring your children to church. You need to, you, if she's not going, you must get up and go. Because how many women are struggling? Because eventually she just quits. Because every Sunday morning, he's got a plan. He's going somewhere else. He's gonna, and I'm not, all the men that are here, I applaud you. I'm not preaching to you. I'm going to applaud you this morning. But my whole vision, my life, my purpose is affecting my family. And some of you need to go and buy your wife some roses. And maybe even give her a kiss in front of the children. Because the children have never seen that before. Oh, dad, what you doing? What does that mean? A living stone. Not a rock. You are a living stone. You were supposed to bring life into that marriage. <laughs> you, sorry, man. I'm, pictures are going through my head about stuff here. So just, but, give me the next verse, verse 3. Oh, stick to the scripture. Give me, coming to him as a living stone. I mean, dress up and dress down as you need to. Rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God in precious. Verse, four, verse 5. You also, look at your neighbor and, and like, like, like preach to them like I'm preaching to you. And say, you also. But give them a point, give them a finger and say, you also. Not me only, you also. Let them know. As living stones are being built up a spiritual house. A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are all being built up. How is it that you, with your rock understanding, by yourself, going to make it in this world? How? Don't want to connect with people. Listen, man. Eventually, we're all going to need somebody. Lean on me when you're not strong. And I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. For it won't be long till I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. You are so anointed but you don't have all the anointing. You are so gifted, but there are people that God has given, even in this church. When I looked at it yesterday, I was shocked. You mean to tell me you're sitting with the call center? You mean to tell me you're sitting with the idea? You can't get the call center off, but they're sitting with the call center. How easy that you never connected. There's millions that should be flowing between the two of you, but because you refuse to speak to one another. We don't want your idea. Don't want to go. I just want to stand and empower yours. Pure empowerment. 
Psalms 133. May the Lord help our marriages, man. That there's a power of agreement. People can understand. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. The blessing. The blessing is found when people are in agreement. Think about the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came, it didn't say, you pray in tongues and I pray in tongues. So we, we together. No. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 verse 1. Go there quickly. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly. It's the agreement that brings the power. The power doesn't bring the agreement. It's when we choose to come together, it's when we touch and agree, when we choose to go to a connect group, when we begin to touch and agree with people. I mean, you know, some of you need to learn even the singles. D David, David, David goes through levels in his life to get to, to the top of his game. David is spending, is rejected by his family. The spirit of rejection is on David. Because David, when they called for them to be anointed, it's like they don't think that David's got anything. His father rejects him. So David can't, he's not even called into the lion to be anointed. Finally, the prophet says, look man, isn't there another boy? Because if they don't have another boy, the Lord said, there is a new king coming out of your house. So it might mean that you might have to have another baby, but God doesn't lie. Because the boy's in the house. He says, no, no, there's a boy that is actually taking care of some sheep. His own brothers rejected him. His own brothers rejected him. David comes up into a place of where now he's anointed. The Lord says he's the one. He takes Goliath's head off. Then David moves out of shoveling sheep dung. He now goes into the cave of Adullam. But there are 400 dysfunctional family members that joins him. And for the first time, David is having to learn how to work with people. Of course, it's easy. How are you doing, my brother? Oh, I love the Lord. So what are you doing? I just worship the Lord every day. And then you have to work with people. And you find out how selfish you are. You know, I'm hearing people still having issues about how to squeeze. They've gotten married. Single life is beautiful. Until that man comes. And he squeezes a toothpaste just the way he wants. And you say, how oh, can you do that? We've got to roll it like this. Aye, man. And people have issues in their marriages over how they squeeze the toothpaste. You're not ready for this thing yet. You have not smelled stink socks yet. You have not met others. Yeah, you're not ready for this thing, baby. You're not ready for this thing. You can't even, they stink breath in the morning, baby. It's there, it's there. Oh, 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 yes, single people. Oh, pastor, I said, they, you know, I, I, my husband is be like, I came dressed up. I first went to shower. I first washed up at home before I come here. You can't give me the Sunday thing. That's not how he comes. 
He comes messy, honey. He comes like he doesn't supposed to. You were supposed to be prayed up and understanding, I need to learn how to work with people. David must have been thinking with these 2,400 dysfunctional people, I don't even want to hang out with you. It was good when I was just writing Psalm 23 before the Lord. Until you have to learn to work with people. Someday, you have to step out from God's got a great plan to now I have to go and work with people. Now I've got to go to a connect group. Now I've got to connect with somebody in the church. How are you going to build your home? How are you going to meet anybody? Now you must end up in a nightclub. And now you collected her there. Okay, collected him there. Now he comes through this door over here. And this couple... Small church in my home. They come late to service. I haven't seen her in a while. She comes finally to service, but she's not alone. She's got something on her arm. And all dressed up. And, and of course, the service has started, and it's all 12 of us. And he comes, and they both kneel in front, like they deep worship. Mm. I'm like, Jesus. Something's going on here. I leave it first week, greet them, how are you doing? Da, 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 da. The brother is from a certain country, so I won't mention the country. others you get, you know, how people get when you think of some. He comes and, and so she's, uh, oh, I just wanted to meet the pastor, da, 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 da. Two weeks ago. Pastor, we just want a meeting with you. Does the same thing, comes late, kneels in worship, so that everybody, all 12 of us can see. Three weeks, can we just have a meeting? Oh, sure, let's show. Pastor, we want to get married. I'm like, okay, so you're using me for what? Your game. I didn't say that. I'm just like, okay, that's wonderful. Tell me why. What's, what's, what's the rush? Oh, Pastor, I want to just let you know that we're so in love. We love one another. You know what? We haven't even had an argument. I say, oh, that's wonderful. Come here. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you bring trouble to this couple right now. In Jesus' name, amen. I honestly did. I honestly did. Like, what? I said, well, the Lord bless you. Speak to me. Three days. She's in my office weeping. This man is involved in witchcraft. He's got three wives. This thing, all of his things came out. I mean, she ended up still going to go and marry the guy. Not with me. With some, I mean, like, woman. Oh, Exactly. And my point around that is that you, you, you can't run straight from God to the wedding day and not allow God to process you through the process of getting, staying married. You know, a good place to start is in the connect groups. It's a good place to be part of a church. And I'm watching people that don't ever attend a church, don't want to be a, neglect the gathering of the saints, and you watch how their lives just idle because God is making a building and you fit in as a living stone into his building. Clap your hands this morning. Two more scriptures and I'm done. Acts chapter 2 and verse 40. Acts 
And with many other words, he testified and, exhort, and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls was added to them. So the church just started. Um, the Holy Ghost had come in Acts chapter 2, and here the church has started. And they continued. You see, once God has given you a moment in the church, you're getting saved. The next thing now is to build momentum. So all the business people, we had a moment with God yesterday. Now we're building momentum around every business. Every business, how to do business together, how to keep the values of the kingdom, and how to establish what must be done. They continued. You see, you must continue in your journey. You can't just come to church. You must continue. You can't just get saved. You must continue. You must continue. They continued steadfastly, not just continuing, but being faithful in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed, all who believed, are you a believer? Amen. Were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all, as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. That was the connect groups. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Because real church doesn't happen on a Sunday. Real church happens on a Wednesday in the connect groups. You can't ask a question here. You can't, I mean, we can just in, by, in passing, but when you dissect this, this message, it's going to happen on Wednesday night in, in all of the homes. And God is doing that for every single one of us. The final scripture is found in Colossians chapter 2, verse 18. The plan of God is going to stand forever. Yours is to connect to part of it. And if that's not your connect group, go and find one or we start one. But you've got to get connected. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding, intruding into those things which has not been seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head. You got born again, and you stay connected, vitally connected to the head, from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. Here's the point. You've got to grow with the growth that God gives. Someday, you're going to have to decide as a living stone. God's got a plan. I must now connect with people. Because I fit in on God's plan. And there is a place in his kingdom for me to function. God's going to do nothing outside of his church, outside of people, for you. Your true growth, every now and again when the water stir, you might get a blessing. We're doing some things. And God will, in a service, maybe anoint you, do some stuff. But real growth comes because you're connected to God's people. And the church grows. And if God's going to put up a physical building, He's going to first build you and I to become those living stones.
Because right next to you is that multimillionaire that's going to write that check and get this thing done. Not because they want to, but because they, they just have this desire from God. Not because they have to, but because they want to. They're like, I, I'll do this thing for the kingdom of God. And God's going to bless you so the blessing can flow through you.